Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. We are super excited today to be having a guest on. Our beautiful friend Casey Berglin is going to be coming on today and sharing with us her wisdom. She is an embodiment guide and a purpose coach, and she does all these amazing things. And she is just like mm-hmm. such a badass queen projector who yes. is totally in alignment. So we're really excited to have her on in a little bit today. Um, but we're we're just enjoying life right now and in the new year. It's it's 2020. Mm-hmm. And I know. I, I'm letting it still sink in. What about you? It's like happened so fast and I'm just like, "Wait, what? It's 2020?" Like, did anyone ask me if that was okay? <laughs> it happened way too fast. Um, but yeah, no, I'm letting it sink in. I we just really stayed home and played small for new years, but it felt good. Like it felt good to not have to have plans and not have to go out and not have to party. We didn't feel any pressure to do that. We just literally laid on the couch in our PJs and our dogs and, oh, and we played a, (laughs) we played a drinking game with, um, we watched Master Chef. I know this is so lame. Anyways, we watched Master (laughs) Chef all night. And every time that they said something like, um, like, let's get that right. Or that's you on a plate or like literally like the cheesiest things that they're like one liners and everyone listening that watches MasterChef knows what I'm talking about. Okay? I don't watch and, it. So I don't know. Oh, uh, well, anyways, <laughs> it's literally like the cheesiest things ever. And we would have to drink every single time that they said that. So by the end of the night, by New Year's, we were just like wasted and, and it was really fun actually. So Basically, uh-huh. what I'm saying is I love my boyfriend that we can do literally nothing but have the best time ever. And um, it might be really lame to other people, but it's fun and special to us. So mm-hmm. there you go. It's I mean, that's what it's all about. Like we, we it's funny that we even have conditioning around having fun, like what is supposed to be fun and what is not supposed to be fun. And like it's so much more important to genuinely be having fun. And if you're doing something that people tell you is fun, but you don't feel like it's fun. You know, like if you don't really like going to parties, but everyone tells you you have to go to a party because it's New Year's Eve and then you go and you're like miserable on the inside, then what are you mm. doing? Like go home that and play. That is so true. Go home and play games with your boyfriend if that's really what brings you joy and like have no guilt or no shame about just like genuinely following your bliss, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Did I tell you what we did for New Year's Eve? No, no. We went to this like silent disco party in Joshua Tree up in like someone's house and it was so much fun like the headphones are so loud and you're just like jamming out and you're like singing to it and then you like go back and watch someone's like video of you and it's silent and your voice is like really off key and like loud (laughs) and it's just silent discos are so weird because in your own head it's like you're at this amazing party and you take off your headphones it's silent 
I've never even heard of a silent disco. I didn't know what? that was a thing. No, that's so cool. So you wear headphones and you dance and you like. Yeah. Cause you know how like everyone's. When you're at a house party, like the problem is that the music is so loud that like it's annoying for the neighbors. Mm-hmm. So they have like the different DJs and there's three different DJs at play and the headphones have three different channels. So you can listen to like the one that was like R&B or you can listen to the one that's like house music or you can listen to the one that was like reggae and hip hop and you can like switch your channel as much as you want. And then you like find people in the crowd that are listening to the same channel as you and you like dance with them and then you find someone else who's listening to a different channel. That is so cool. I can't oh my gosh, we had literally that. like completely opposite New Year's Eve, but, <laughs> but, but yeah. they were equally, equally valid. Yeah. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. Okay. Anyways, side, side topic, but we hope that everyone did have an amazing New Year's, whether that was at home at your couch or at a party and that you felt authentically yourself and not conditioned or pressured to have to show up in any certain way or as anything else besides yourself for this new decade that we just rang in. Um, and yeah, we're, we're excited to start this year and to launch it off with new relationships, new connections, new growth. And that's why we're so excited to have Casey on this episode because it just feels so right to bring this energy into the new year. Like, literally kicking off a new decade with this badass bitch. Like she is amazing. <laughs> she and, is. um, she's, she's a mental projector. And that means that like everything in her chart is open except for her mind is defined. And she's literally the most aligned and authentic person with like before having human design. That's just like naturally living as a projector queen goddess, like, using her centers so perfectly in everything that she does. It's so inspiring and we're honored to have her on this podcast. So mm-hmm. um, without much further crazy New Year's Eve talk and all these other side rants, <laughs> we are excited to welcome on Casey. Welcome, Casey. I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, oh. You, This probably was going to come up later, but for me, just being witnessed by two fellow projectors and celebrated in the way that you two do is just such bliss. So it's such a gift to be here with you and uh, so grateful to have met you recently. Yeah, <sighs> it's so crazy. Like when, when you're a projector and you are finally seen by other projectors, how insanely, um, I guess, liberating it is or validating because you, you told us before that you didn't know many other projectors, right? I knew zero projectors. So I I actually, I mean, I've just found out about human design uh, in the summer and I've kind of gone down a a deep rabbit hole and uh, (laughs) in my local community, no projectors around me. And then um, I went to India and actually a friend that I had connected with two years ago there, who I'm now collaborating with on a big India retreat, like she's also a projector and and there is just something different in how I feel seen and celebrated. And it's suddenly like this safe space to really be myself and mm-hmm. feel like I fit and I belong. And all of my like bigness and brilliance is safe. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I just feel safe to brag. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need those those communities that make it safe to brag because it's so easy as women, especially in the conditioning of women, to just like be quiet and humble and play small. And of course, like that's beautiful when that is in alignment. But like so many of us are doing really cool, badass things that I think are worthy of being lifted up um, mm-hmm. so that collectively we can rise up too. So mm-hmm. you two totally do that for me. And you're the second and third projectors I've ever met. That is so crazy to us, but we we're really honored. And like, it's so true when you meet friends that can see you and can help you celebrate. It's such a profound thing because I really feel like we're so taught that like when things go well, we're supposed to just be like, this is normal. I'm not supposed to celebrate going well is just normal. And only when things kind of go off course, do our friends gather around us to support us. But when we are being um, thriving and having all of these amazing things happen, it's not that commonplace to have friends who are there to like jump around with you and like cheer you on and do all of that stuff. And that is what we are here for. We are all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for our, for our listeners that um, don't know you, Casey, I just want to kind of introduce. Um, so Casey Berglund is the owner of Worthy and Well, and she does many, many things, but she is a purpose coach and an embodiment guide. And she's done an amazing, amazing TED Talks as a public speaker. And she has like all of these different things in her arsenal that she has studied um, yoga and traveling and all these different uh, sciences and nutrition and all of these things. And she kind of wraps them together as a coach helping people guide. So Casey, can you tell our listeners like a little more about what you do and what your offerings are for the world? Thank you. I'd love to. So um, as you mentioned, I own a company called Worthy and Well, and really we're here to serve the ambitious, spiritually curious humans who want to work with the wisdom of their bodies to live powerful, purpose-driven lives. Mm. And yeah, there's a couple ways that we do that and and how that actually is going to look and is starting to look in 2020. Um, first, I'm actually certifying the first group of service-based professionals, so coaches, consultants, open-minded health, wealth, relationships, experts, to practice the let your body lead method. And this is really for those professionals who want to facilitate powerful purpose-driven results for their clients in an expansive body-centered practice. Mm. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got the first few people enrolled. And, uh, you know, it feels really meaningful to me to be empowering other professionals to teach their clients about body wisdom and how tapping into the language of the body can literally guide us to more potent aligned decisions. So um, that's one part of the 2020 uh, goal for Worthy and Well. And another piece is actually creating more accessible online courses for people um, around the Let Your Body Lead method and how they too can learn this body wisdom as a way to receive more in life, more that also feels, you know, I feel like often we set these goals that are about really chasing other people's version of success. And what I found is integrating embodiment into my work has really helped people to actually receive the fulfillment, the joy, the worthiness that they thought that old version of success would bring. And to make sure that they're getting that inside alignment as they create 
extraordinary outer results like making more money or attracting more love or, you know, all the things that we think we want, like when that's in alignment with our souls, it's incredible. So um, two things, certifying practitioners in this method that I've created, and then also making more accessible programming for people who want to learn about this method are two parts of the pie for me this year. And then um, another thing that is in alignment with my gift is what I call professional wingmanning. And for the longest time, (laughs) for the longest time I would joke with my entrepreneurial friends that I'm like, at some point in my life, I need to come up with a business model where I get to be a professional wingman because we'd always go to networking events together and all of them would walk away with new clients because I'm so good at like seeing what their gift is and articulating Mm -hmm. it in a way to whoever is in front of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Or in other words, selling other people's shit. Like I'm really good. (laughs) Yeah, totally. So I found a way within my own company to actually use that professional wingmanning skill by connecting the certified Let Your Body Lead professionals with those clients who are primed to seek their support. Mm. I love everything you do so much. Like you are so brilliant and wise and loving and cool. And I just, I think it's amazing everything that you teach and everything that you embody and then how you lead from that place. Because in human design, I mean, we have such a different perspective, Shana and I, because we've really come to this style of living life on purpose through human design. And you've really come from all of the things in your life and everything that you are. And then now you're getting into human design more recently, but it's just crazy how that truth is in both. And I feel so deeply this truth that like, you know, in human design, we call it using your inner authority instead of your mind. And the whole idea is that in the last thousand years, we've been so focused on using our mind. We've been so focused on calculating things and measuring things and coming to the next step in life through knowledge of the mind um, and focus. And that's great, but it's no longer serving us. Now we really need to listen to that feminine body intuition and that consciousness that is in all things and that guides us is in our body. And so in human design, the whole idea is that if you can get out of your mind and really tune into your body and let that source wisdom that is like permeating in all of your centers and all of your cells and all of your chakras and let that be your guide, you're going to find your truth. You're going to find the things that's correct for you in this like way that you're connected to the flow of life instead of separating yourself and creating anxiety for yourself with your mind. So I just think it's so like amazing that all of this work that you've come to, it just resonates with us on such a deep level. And it, it feels so expansive and profound, everything that you teach. And I'm really curious, can you share with us a little bit about like what your journey was, the different places that you learned and kind of the different journeys that you went on to cultivate this wisdom for yourself? That's a big question. You want, you want the short story or the long story? <laughs> I, I kind of want the long version, but okay. I mean, whatever and, you feel. And I'll, I'll uh, make it as succinct as I can. Um, and I always appreciate when people on podcasts ask about the origin story or about the journey because the journey is so meaningful. And mm-hmm. I think it reminds others that 
dots always connect looking backwards. And that's certainly been true for me. So my journey starts uh, growing up on a farm outside of a 200 person town in Saskatchewan, Canada. Wow. Yeah. And um, there's so many different angles that I could go with this that tie in the human design piece too, but I'm going to kind of stick to pre-human design. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I actually had an eating disorder around 11 years old and as a result of a lot of different things happening, a lot of stress within my family, a lot of bullying at school, I never felt like I fit. And I felt like what I thought would make me feel accepted and loved in my bigness, you know, like I was smart, I was athletic, I did, you know, I did these very out of the box things for the small town that I grew up in. And in that, though, I just got left out and bullied. And um, my conditioning early on was very much play smaller or put a lid on it so that you can fit within this community and within this group. So all of those factors together that were very stressful led to me using the manipulation of food and my body as a way to have control. And I remember very clearly one day where I was actually at a track and field meet and I was an athlete, like I won every year, my events, the 100 meter, triple jump, long jump. And I was at this event. And it was after disordered eating behaviors had started, and my body had changed quite a bit. And I did my race, the 100 meter race. And the girl that always was someone who I beat every other year, she beat me in that race. And then she also beat me in the long jump and in triple jump and in high jump too. And It was the first time that I got this, I would call it body wisdom, that was kind of like, you're hurting yourself. Like, I'm my body saying, like, I'm weak because I hadn't been fueling myself properly. And I didn't really, at that young age, make the connection that, like, food was fuel. You know, it sounds so obvious, but the conditioning very much is, like, food manipulates your body size. And if you want to look good, be smaller and manipulate your weight And I didn't really realize how much harm that could actually do. So I was lying in bed that night of the track and field meet, and it was the middle of the night. And I felt these like really familiar hunger pangs, like really deep hunger pangs. And my head said like, go to sleep, like just ignore it, go to sleep. But my body was like, eat And my head was like, ignore it, go to sleep, aka the eating disorder, ignore it, go to sleep. And my body was like, eat. And there was this sort of back and forth. And then it felt like the the sensation in my body was like, eat. And I got out of bed and went to the kitchen um, and pulled out a couple pieces of rye bread and some craft smooth peanut butter and made myself a peanut butter sandwich. And I took a bite of that sandwich. And now when I look back at that moment, it, it brings me to tears. I feel emotion in my eyes because it's like our bodies are always just trying to keep us alive and keep us nourished and keep us safe and keep us in this human existence, you know? And so that was the start of my journey. And I mean, I definitely struggled with eating disorder thoughts beyond that, but I sort of knew that I needed to fuel myself or I would be sick. Um, that definitely led to me going to university to study nutrition. 
And in some ways, studying nutrition was like, well, if I just learn a little bit more about food and the body, then like maybe I'll have kind of like a healthier relationship with how to use food to like bring me the things that I want in my life. And what I learned was that I just sort of received another new set of rules, you know, science-based academic rules uh, that I received through a four-year degree. Um, But it wasn't really until I did my first yoga class in university that I was reconnected to the part of my wisdom that told me to eat after that track and field race, where suddenly I accessed again this part of me that knew what I needed and knew how to be present and mindful and knew how to take care of myself without so many rules. So yoga was kind of the next layer of tapping into body wisdom and feeling relief from some of the um, anxiety and stress that I'd experienced in my mind at that point in my life going through university. So that was a big part of it too. Eventually, I finished my degree in nutrition, became a registered dietitian, and went on to do a yoga teacher training right after my internship. So I was equipped with the RD designation and the registered yoga teacher uh, designation. And I started teaching yoga and working within a hospital um, system within the healthcare system. And you know, it just like, the, the healthcare system never really felt like that was the place for me to be. So um, after a little while, I started blogging about mindfulness and about Eastern wisdom and philosophy in combination with nutritional science and specifically around mindful eating, kind of before mindful eating was cool. I feel like I'm allowed to say that. (laughs) (laughs) It does now and gratefully so, like I'm so glad that it is. Um, But I started blogging about mindful eating and about the connection between the Eastern world and the Western world. And people started reaching out for uh, nutrition counseling. They wanted support. Um, So I started working with people on the side while I was in a a job as a dietitian. And eventually was kind of at a point where it's like, okay, I either either quit my job or reduce my hours and run with this business full time, or I don't take on any more clients in my business and I stay in this job. And I mean, the outcome was, or the decision was kind of obvious to me. So when I started Worthy and Well, it actually was geared towards supporting women with their relationship with food in their bodies. And specifically, it was about reconnecting people with their bodies through using Eastern technologies and mindfulness practices and embodiment practices to help them get to know very simple things like, are you hungry? What does hunger feel like? Because in the world of nutrition, there's so much information about what you should be doing in terms of eating. There's so many different um, experts teaching about certain diets. And even those that aren't super trendy, like as a dietitian, I was trained to tell people what to eat too, based on numbers, based on how many calories they were burning or how much protein they needed. Um, But that still kept people disconnected from their own body's wisdom. So yeah, as I was working with clients and and I would meditate with them before we talk food and guide them into their body sensations and help them know like on a scale from zero to 10, where zero is completely empty and 10 is Thanksgiving Day stuffed. How hungry are you right now? How hungry do you feel like before a meal or after a meal? And that connection to the body in a very like physical way 
just led to my clients connecting with their bodies in more profound ways. So, you know, I'll never forget one client I had who was like cutting out sugar and dairy and, you know, all the things. And because she had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome type symptoms like bloating and gas and all of this stuff. And uh, one session when I was guiding her into her body and she was like really actually feeling the kind of like knot in her stomach and the the space or the movement in her digestive tract, the physical sensations, she kind of point blank with so much clarity said, this isn't about food. This is like a stress response. And in another moment, it was like, you know, I'm in the wrong relationship. And so my clients would heal their relationship with their bodies and food. And they'd also get out of toxic relationships or start businesses because they hated their jobs. And I started to realize like this work is profound. And I no longer wanted to do the work under the guise of the Trojan horse of food. Mm. So long story short, I drove across the country and taught a bunch of workshops. I went to India and got this message inside my body of let go of the dietitian identity And I came back and with some resistance and fighting lots of conditioning, eventually, six months later, decided like enough is enough. The the kind of holding on to my ego identity as a dietitian was only creating more and more contraction in my body and making me feel small that I knew I had to kind of jump off a cliff and trust that there was something to this work that I was doing and that that was the only thing that would return me to expansion and make me feel aligned with the truth of what I knew I needed to share. So, you know, all the practical things caught up after that. I rebranded my company and worked on new messaging and started to work with clients in different ways, you know, under the the label, I guess, of purpose coaching. And, you know, it's still, it's like these labels, they don't even capture what's really true, but it's really evolved since there. And, and then this year with the um, amazing opportunity to do a TEDx talk, it kind of forced me even deeper into myself and even deeper into that story and that history and that past to see really the thread through all of the things that I've always done. They've always come back to the body and really empowering truth and purpose through connecting with the wisdom of the body. So on that stage, I shared a talk called Let Your Body Lead, really about how when we listen to the wisdom of our bodies, we make more purposeful decisions and we create more acceptance, compassion, and love in the world. Mm. Oh, I just have goosebumps the entire time that you speak because everything you say hits my heart like the biggest truth bomb I've ever felt in my entire life because you're just, you're so it, Casey. You are so aligned you are so, and for everyone listening, all of our um, listeners, this is what a aligned projector looks like. A queen who 
like the example of you starting that blog and just sharing what you knew, just sharing what you felt was true and sharing what you were excited to share because that was your journey that you felt was profound for you. And then people starting to reach out to you and asking for your guidance and that building and growing and being able to listen to the call from the universe and jump off of a cliff and go to the next step and like allowing those invitations to come in and then accepting them and and moving forward. I mean, it's so like perfect, perfect alignment for a projector. And it's really insane. Like in your chart, your main gate, your sun gate is gate 46, which is all about a love for the physical body. It's your main defining trait in this lifetime, the medicine that you are here to be in the world. And oftentimes people that have this gate, Um, it's a journey for them because they go through a time in their life where they don't love their body and they learn, they cultivate the wisdom of how to love your body. And that becomes the energy that they share with the world. And to see you embodying that and then to see it reflected in your chart. And it's like, it's you literally just, you blow me away in so many different ways, but it's amazing. And it blows me away that that you have that as your sun gate when you are a mental projector, meaning that you don't have any definition in your body whatsoever, which is just goes to show you how even though you're not producing energy from these centers, that they are actually, your open centers can be your greatest source of power because you are meant to be taking in and understanding and getting wise in those areas in your body and then amplifying that out. And that is exactly what you've done in your life journey. And then to just now be finding human design and being able to see how your open body is literally helping other people experience embodiment in their own bodies mm-hmm. is it's just it's incredible. And actually, I'm just so grateful for your journey and for so many of the things that you just shared, um, especially with, with nutrition and how, you know, um, all of the different diets and all of the different um, nutritionists that I've spoken with in the past, and how it's so much about technical numbers, and um, you should eat this because this is what you know, the numbers all mean, and this is a big fad diet and all of these things, but no one's out there talking about like you as an individual, how does your body feel with this food or with this diet or right now with your symptoms that you're having, like really getting in touch with your body is so insanely profound and, um, overlooked. And it really just speaks a lot to me just because i I've worked for so long in the health and wellness field before this, and I've met with so many dietitians and nutritionists, and it's just insane to me hearing this story because that woman who had that that um, knot in her stomach and then realizing that it's from stress and from her life and what she needs to change in her life to help relieve that is so powerful. Because I really, um, all of the, the nutritionists that I've met with or diets that I've been told to eat, they never resonated with me ever. And I always thought, okay, that's, that's cool. That's true for you, but it's just not true for me. Like food does not affect me in the same way that it affects you. And I just knew that in my body. 
<clears throat> and then once finding human design and learning, you know, about how everything is energy and how um, you're energetically receiving this food and how it does affect you differently and how we have different body chemistries and different energetic bodies. Um, it now all makes sense to me, of course, but it, it does, I guess, bring up bitterness in me to think that there's so many people out there that are being told to eat keto or eat this because you have to, and that is what will bring results. But really what brings results is listening to your own body and finding out what works for you energetically and what you need to change. Like that whole topic is a huge topic, but it's, it's, um, it's liberating for me because my whole life I've literally said like, that's true for you, but it's just, I just know that that's not true for me. Like food is different for me than it is. Thank you for reflecting that back. And, and, you know, it, may, it would make perfect sense that it feels liberating for you, considering that the message that you've received, and many of us have received for so long is actually, it's actually more disempowering than it is empowering. And what I find to be empowering yes. when it comes to finding a way to eat, we eat like, at least most of us three times a day. And so for each of those moments to be disempowering, that really sucks. And to tune into an inner truth that only you have and to transform those moments into ones that are empowering could literally empower your whole life. And and so as much mm. as like I definitely had that moment of like let go of the dietitian identity, this is so far greater than food and don't be limited by this just by food being the only path. I now, you know, after a couple of years later, I now feel such gratitude for that part of my path and part of my story. And, you know, the other thing that I'll say to your point about, about the bitterness in like, the world is telling us this one thing, but it's disempowering. Um, you know, I kind of like briefly moved over it in, in my story, but that bitterness in me was what drove me to literally drive coast to coast across Canada and then do this massive trip through the States as, as well, teaching workshops to raise awareness about the negative impacts of diet culture and empower women to eat mindfully and love their bodies and live consciously. Mm. And although, mm. although there is still so much noise that's in alignment with diet culture and about how we should change our bodies and, and, you know, change our weight and eat this way for that specific purpose. Um, it feels important to mention that there is a great movement in alignment with um, what's called intuitive eating. There are a lot of now a lot of anti-diet or non-diet dietitians who are doing work that really is about helping people reconnect to their own needs. And so it feels like a really important moment for your listeners <laughs> that if you're listening and you're in a space where you have, you know, a lot of what I heard is I, from from clients I'd work with is like, I've struggled with my weight my whole life, or like I, you know, I was so successful on keto, for example, and I lost 50 pounds, but here I am, and I'm like heavier than I was before. Like, if you're listening to this, I want you to know that diets or not even diets, even if they're like a wellness plan that has rules and restrictions, 
Um, we know that intentional weight loss efforts fail 95% of the time, meaning that people who lose weight on them regain that weight and then some within five years. So if you're listening to this, even though I don't really do this work, like my clients are anti-diet dietitians now <laughs> that I teach to run like body-centered businesses, but just know that there is a whole movement of body positive, weight neutral, anti-diet, intuitive eating dietitians and other professionals who really want to empower you to connect with the wisdom of your body to eat in a way that is empowering so that you can um, let go of the struggle of our conditioning that basically says like your body's wrong you should change it like that doesn't work <laughs> to follow that plan that's outside of yourself so that just mm -hmm. felt so important there um to share because so many people yeah, struggle with food yeah. and um, it breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that that's been a part of your journey to leading you to where you are now, especially with that gate 46 and just, you know, dealing with your body in, and having that, that journey that you've had and helping now people to love their body and even taking it now to the next level where you are helping other people yeah. help people yeah. to love their body. Like it's really, um, it's just a testament to how projectors are here to be big. We're all here to be big, right? But you are stepping into your power of someone who doesn't have any power in their defined body. It doesn't have any like consistent energy, but that you are stepping into that openness, into that power, into other people's shoes. And you are helping now teach and guide mm -hmm. the guides and the teachers. And that is so much of your calling. It is Thank insane. you. Thank you so much. And, you know, I will say when I first discovered human design and well, I mean, when I first learned I was a projector after about a burnout where I was trying to be a generator in my business and work 12 hours a day, like that was liberating because I was like, oh, my God, can I actually like be financially abundant and all these things by only working like two to three hours of output per day. And, and I tried it for a week and suddenly like things just fell in my lap. And I was like, huh, I made the same amount of money than I did when I was working 12 hours, you know? So that, mm -hmm. that was very empowering. <laughs> but then when I learned about kind of, I'm like, whoa, this is so weird. All my stuff. Like I just did a Ted talk on called let your body lead. And I have zero definition in my body and it's my head centers that are defined. Like, what do I make of that? And I was like, Oh, my God, like, I don't I don't really know how this works. And then I realized, like, kind of to, to your point, the open centers are where we take in the other, that's where we get wisdom. And, and clients will often say to me, like, you just articulated how I feel in a way that I never could. And part of it is because when I'm working with clients and I'm coaching them, sometimes I even like close my eyes and sort of like let my, I tune into my sensations in my body, knowing that they're not mine, but that they're the client I'm working with. And yes. I use my defined centers in my head, my gift of articulation of speech, you know, like of understanding things clearly of shit, just making sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, <laughs> I, I ask permission. I'm like, can I, can I share what's coming up for me, for you? <laughs> and they're mm -hmm. like, yes. And, and I should say too, all of my clients are generators, so they need mm -hmm. something to respond to. So mm -hmm. I've learned that this works super well. I tune into their bodies 
I articulate what it sounds like and feels like they're feeling in terms of sensation. And they respond and they typically respond with a hell yes or truth tingles or Mm -hmm. expansion, like I've just been heard. Or every once in a while, it's like, ooh, it's not quite that, but it's this. And we get to this place of such clarity and such self-awareness and the kind of co-creation of a liberating moment is Mm -hmm. so beautiful. And so owning those open body centers as like, this is my purpose and this is my gift. And Mm -hmm. in a world where I would say most people do not have a healthy relationship with their bodies, let alone have reverence for its potent wisdom. And I do like damn right. I'm here to share that message, you know? Mm. Oh, that is so beautiful. And yes, the open centers, the open centers are your place in your body where that wisdom, the most powerful wisdom is there. And a lot of people, when they first learn about human design, they think that for some reason, open centers are negative or bad in some way. And you are just like a shining example, exactly everything you said of being able to take in the other, to feel them in your body, and then to be able to advocate for others. You have an open throat as well. So you are here to advocate for other people's bodies, for the way that they are experiencing. And then you're right to use your gift, your mind, to be able to create these concepts, ideas, stories, to be able to thread the meaning into one through line and then be able to give it out into the world. I mean, it's just, it's so amazing. And something that I'm really passionate about is the whole idea of authority Because so much in our society, we are conditioned to believe that the authority to know what to do is outside of you, right? If you're sick, you need to go to a doctor in a white coat because they paid to go to school for nine years. So they are the authority and you are not. You have no idea what's wrong with your body. You have no idea what caused it. You have to go see someone else who went to school for nine years and paid $500,000 for them to tell you what's wrong with you. But like, that's not true. Your body is connected to truth. Your body is connected to what's right for you. And like, you are your own authority and you need a guide sometimes to help you see that and believe in that and trust that and feel it for yourself. And there is so much wisdom in our body. Our body is connected to all, to Mm -hmm. everything. And if we can like learn to really trust that and believe in that and just also, I feel like in, in spirituality, so often we're kind of taught that our body is just this like sack of meat and that it has no like consciousness in it and that your spirituality is like on the ethereal plane or, you know, some transcendent place that's beyond this physical realm. But no, like we are spiritual beings in this body and our body is created from this consciousness that is all powerful and all knowing and connected to the flow of life. And the idea that you're helping people connect back to that part of themselves and know that that's a spiritual place too, that you can find God or the universe or whatever through your body. Like, I think that that's a message that is so needed. And I'm just really grateful that the way that you put it out in the world, because it's your, it's your thing. It's your message. And like, it's just so cool to see someone being the medicine that they are here to be fully empowered, fully in alignment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm curious, when we were talking before, you told us a little bit about like your, your four pillars of your work. Mm 
And I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could share with me again what that's about. Sure. Yeah. So four pillars. Um, and, and this really ties into purpose. You know, like I've done a lot of work on myself with just being kind of obsessed with the idea of like dharma or purpose and then working with clients who are also seeking that like purpose or alignment and and you know i've i've always taught that purpose really is the integration of all of you in your wholeness you know and and i think human design would say like when you're living your design your purpose will find you and you'll live it out you know and so for me these pillars are kind of when i took a a bit of a step back and i was like what are the the like key pieces of what i'm doing when i am myself when i am my most authentic human and um and i came up with one of them being, uh, you know, coaching or guidance, which I'm a projector. So that makes sense, right? So that's one of the pillars. Embodiment is a pillar. It is, you know, everything I do comes back to connecting with body wisdom and empowering that body wisdom. And then those have also been informed by ancient wisdom, like yoga and meditation. So being, having spent time in, in India and being a 500 hour yoga teacher and learning about that wisdom. And then also, you know, being critical of it, taking some elements of it and being like, what's actually true about this that lands in my body as true. Um, but that ancient wisdom or that yogic wisdom is definitely a part of the pillar. And then science, you know, um, as much as in my original story, I kind of shared about learning about the science of nutrition kind of gave me a new set of rules. It's very much a part of my purpose because our world, especially this conventional world, which is the one that I choose to exist in and play in and bring spirituality to, um, really value science. And there is value in science and in evidence and in having proof that certain things exist. And so bringing those pieces together really helps me feel like I am owning all of the elements of my arsenal and using it to really like play out my ultimate purpose, which is love. Mm, 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 So if mm. I'm going to, if I'm going to, ultimately create more love in the world, then yeah, I got to talk to the people who value science. And I got to talk to the people who are in the spiritual world and value yogic wisdom. And I got to talk to people, period, who all exist in bodies, and use my (laughs) coaching gifts as a projector to support that discovery and support more oneness and more connection, and more love, rather than separation. And, you know, thinking about all those things as opposite ends of the spectrum, because they're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much, because you, you put all of this together um, in your own uh, aligned, authentic, truth being self, right? But your cross of incarnation is literally everything that you just said. Like your cross of incarnation is those four pillars like, and your cross of incarnation is your life purpose in this lifetime. Like what energy you are here to embody and, um, and what energies you are here to pull together to then give out into the world. And it just literally blows my mind hearing you talk without, um, 
without having to have needed this information from human design that you just kind of uh, embodied it. Right. And you, you found it and literally your cross of incarnation is called, um, it is called the right angle cross of the vessel of love. And we love this cross. And there's a few of them because it depends on how your gates are, what order your gates are in. But I just want to read you literally straight from the book because this blows our mind. Literally the first sentence is people fully in quotes embodied. Oh my God. That like, you're literally here to be fully embodied, fully alive in their body who enjoy physical dynamic, um, the physical dynamics of relationships and are dedicated to living life for the sake of living life in their body. And they are here to be love and help other people love their bodies. Like that is your life purpose. And (laughs) <laughs> that's ins- it's it just insane. insane it's insane. yeah literally you teach embodiment and your life purpose says people who are fully in quotes embodied and it's just like you're you what you said before about your life purpose is to be all of the things that you are to be your authentic self that's exactly it your cross of incarnation is your four main qualities that you're here to be in this world and for you, I mean, they're all about love and they're about different types of love and they're about going through challenges to really fully embody love in your physical form, but also with your spiritual form and all of that connected as one and not separated or fragmented. Because I really believe that us fragmenting and separating our mind from our body, from our spirit and thinking of them as separate things um, is a is a big source of anxiety for people. And when they can really feel whole and like feel all of the parts of themselves and how they're connected and how that is, that is the essence of the love for life is really knowing that whole self inside of you and feeling it all and trusting it all. And oh, it's just so good. Yeah. The, the four gates that com- like comprise your cross of incarnation are literally love of the body. So every single gate, right. Has a low vibration and a high vibration. So the love of the body, that's what we were talking about before, how you can have the low vibration where you don't love your body, or you can have the high vibration that you've worked through that and you've transcended it. And now you teach others how to love their body fully. So love of the body, love of the spirit and of the self, like your spiritual self, right? What you were just talking about. And then love of the extremes in other people. So the diverseness in us all, the scientists, the spiritual yogis, the um, the person who's never even heard about any of this before, and the, our own physical extremes of how sometimes this works for us, sometimes that doesn't, or sometimes we do this routine and sometimes we don't, and the extremes that we experience within our physical selves. So love of the extremes and the diverseness in all of us. And then literally the last one, which we love this gate, gate 10, which is the love of yourself as a whole, like love of life, love of yourself, like the ultimate love. It's such a powerful gate because it's the love of being authentically a nine centered being like 100% in alignment and the love of for everything that you have to offer in this world. So like this cross of incarnation is so powerful. It's literally one of our favorite ones. And we've only ever met one other person with this gate. I mean, with this cross, because it's 
it's the embodiment of love in every single aspect. And it's so powerful. And the fact that you've come to that in such a profound way and you've, um, you're playing big, right? You're not, you're not, um, you have decided to bring this bigness of love in such a big way to train the trainers to go to those areas that most people in the spiritual realm don't like it's taboo, like the corporate world or the scientific world or um, bringing it to you were working in the health industry, like in hospitals, like most of those areas are, are considered taboo and kind of dark, if you will, in the spiritual world. And you are deciding, no, this I love all of the extremes and this is important. And I'm bringing this bigness that I feel within myself to as many people as possible because they all need it. Like they all need it. And that is just like, I'm so grateful. Like I am grateful for you because that's not my life purpose. That's not Dana's life purpose. That's not Brian's or anyone else that I know. Like that is your life purpose. And I am so grateful because we are thirsty mm-hmm. for that. Like we are needing that. The world is needing that. And we are so <laughs> behind you. We are, we see you and we are grateful. You're like so your grateful. Your can't see me crying on the other end. <laughs> 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 it's not dripping from my nose. <laughs> um, I really receive all of that. And, you know, well, I'm just here secretly losing it on the other side (laughs) I just I really received that like all of that resonates as truth in my body you know Mm. these are truth tears truth they are a a physical reaction to truth and I know these tears they come with truth truth tingles my body literally tells me what's true always every day in every moment and um it's just like and this kind of comes back to speaking to the gift of having other projectors in your world who truly see you and who can reflect back um, deep truths. You know, it, I, I'm kind of lost for words and I'm like really thankful to Ugh. know you too. And also mm. for just the way that you beautifully validated what I know I'm here to own. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For all of our listeners out there listening, every time we talk to Casey, literally every five seconds or maybe every 15 seconds we you get those goosebumps because something she said resonates so profoundly and that's what she's saying truth tingles and truth tears and when you have conversations like that where you the truth is there and it is touching you right at your core and your body is telling you through these responses i i just want to encourage everyone who's listening to, to notice that in your own life and notice the people that you're around, that when they speak, their truth resonates on such a profound level that you get those truth tingles or those truth tears, because that's what it's about. And like, we are all here to be authentic and real. And there's nothing more powerful, literally nothing more powerful in this earth than people who are living authentically. And whether you find that authenticity with the help of human design, or whether you find that authenticity with just simply listening to your own body, your own soul, like Casey teaches, um, I just want to really like tell you guys to take a second with that. Like, I hope that you guys take this, take that away from this conversation and bring it into your life and notice for yourself when you feel those truth tingles. And Casey, I, I want to share with everyone because 
I am so passionate about it, about your TED Talks, Let Your Body Lead. Um, so we met Casey at a Jenna Zoe human design training in London. And we sat right next to her and she had just gotten home from India, like literally hadn't even been home yet to Canada from India. And instantly we were drawn to her because she's such a vibrant and beautiful person, like just her energy. And um, we were just talking and she's like, yeah, I actually just recorded a t- or did a TED Talks and it just aired. And we're like, excuse me, like you did a TEDx talks. And she's like, yeah. And so we went home that night and listened to it, watched it on YouTube. And it was so beautiful. Like literally as I was watching it, I was like, oh shit, that's who this girl is. Like she is everything because her whole TED talks, it's about this idea of letting your body lead. But it's this beautiful story that she shares about talking to her guru in India and having this question in your life about the idea of expansion versus contraction. And when you feel those feelings in your body, how do you know if that discomfort is a message telling you to change something? Or how do you know if it's there for you to sit with and to lean into and to learn from and accept? And um, it's such a beautiful talk you guys i'm really excited for all of you guys to listen to it we'll share it on our instagram so you guys can check it out for yourself but i think it really captures the essence of what it's like to live authentically and to be your own authority and to lean in to that feeling of you knowing your truth and being connected to your soul and um yeah your ted talks casey it was just so beautiful. And I'm wondering if you would share with people a little bit like what that journey was like for you, like giving that TED Talks. It was so uh, amazing. The journey was a total shit show. <laughs> <laughs> um, first, Dana, thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was. The TED Talk was an initiation into how much I believed the work. Um, Yeah. And what I mean by that is I pitched this idea, which was kind of a general theme of like embodiment and listening to our body's wisdom, knowing that that's something I cared about, but not really knowing exactly how pitching that idea was would challenge me into my own self and my own inner work. And I, I mean, when you listen to the talk, you'll hear a bit of the story of my journey, because that became part of the talk, you know, the talk ended up not being what I thought it would be. It ended up being basically about the six weeks prior to it and the transformation itself. So you'll, you'll get what I'm saying when you watch it, but, um, very much I felt the extremes of contraction and expansion in the process of creating it. And one of my key messages is that when you, pay attention to your body and let your body lead. You stop doing what you think you should and you start doing what you're meant to do. And yet I have two defined head centers and I'm conditioned. <laughs> and Ted is was one of the biggest things that I've done in my professional career. It was a bucket list item that I've, you know, thought about for the last decade. And so for it to be there and for me to have an opportunity to stand on a stage definitely felt, I felt the pressure of that. And in that, I wanted to do a really good job, just like we all do in those moments of growth. And so I 
did what I thought I should. And I read the TED book and TED was asking me for script one, script two, skip script three. And I've never scripted a thing in my life when I've spoken. Um, and so, but I kept trying and then I had, uh, panic attacks and my, I felt like there was an elephant sitting on my chest and I had tension in my neck and a knot in my stomach. And my body kept saying, no, like this isn't your way. Um, but I resisted it because there was a lot on the line and I'm like, I can't fuck this up, you know? And so it ended up being this journey of my body literally creating the talk. Like I would be in, um, meditation the minute I would drop into my body and there would be an, uh, a knowing, uh, like I think it, like Claire cognizance that that's the way that intuitions drop into me. Um, or I was in a mm-hmm. breathwork session and breathwork is very much a somatic or embodied experience. And I had a vision of taking off my shoes and kneeling on the stage that came out of nowhere. And in the talk, I took off my shoes. I actually didn't wear shoes and I knelt down on the stage. And so the whole process leading up to the talk was a battle between my head and my body. And my head kept leading, even though my talk was called Let Your Body Lead. But every time I let my head lead, my body felt the pain, felt the contraction. And so I was forced to surrender. And in the journey, I like totally went on a trip to this point of like, is this even real? Do I even believe this shit? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe my body doesn't know shit. <laughs> and I basically like circled <laughs> around in a different direction and then kind of landed in the truth of what I'd pitched on a much deeper and more profound level that has literally transformed my own life. And um, and I mean, I, I hope it transforms yours too in a very empowering way because this this is real, you know, like your body's wisdom is real. And, and maybe if I may add to that, um, part of my journey to like the, the initiation didn't end after the Ted talk was done the day that it happened. Um, I waited for months for it to come out and it was supposed to come out the week of my birthday, which was in September. And instead of seeing it online, I received an email from the local Ted, uh, contact that the reviewers had pulled my talk for review. And they had asked me for a list of my credentials and peer reviewed studies to support the wisdom that I shared on the stage. And how ironic that it's like, prove it, you know, like, where's the evidence, basically, your body evidence isn't enough. And so I went into total victimization and then felt really pissed. (laughs) And then And then I thought, like, I have a science degree. If they wanted me to do an academic talk, like, been there, done that, I'm in the academic world. Like, I shared this stuff in corporate circles. Like, I could have done that. And then basically my body said, no. Like, there's, I couldn't have done a damn thing differently. And that was the truth. And um, the gift that that brought was this sense of, like, inherent worthiness and connection with my purpose without the validation of TED and without the knowing of whether or not it would make its way into the online format. And I waited two months longer than my co-speakers did for their talk to come out. Like theirs all came out in September, the week of my birthday, pretty much. And mine didn't. And I never heard anything back. And I didn't know if it would make its way out. Um, And so literally, when I met Dana and Shana, 
it had come out like two days prior and I was randomly in London after being back in India. And, um, and it's like, it kind of all makes sense now, but that, that piece of like, we have to honor our body's wisdom when the world doesn't. And I suppose the um, full circle piece of this is that actually right after we're done this podcast recording, I'm meeting up with a woman who's a friend of mine who's doing her postdoc at the University of Calgary. And we're talking about how to turn my programming into practice-based evidence, meaning um, there's a buzz of embodiment in the academic world. And she's someone who wants to study it and get the evidence for it. So to that point of oneness of extremes, like Ted has also taught me that to reach certain people, we have to have this scientific evidence. And so Mm -hmm. let's get it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, trust ourselves before it's even out into the world. Like there, there definitely yeah. is some research to support this work, but not a lot. And so yeah. that's mm-hmm. where we're at with it right now. And the fact that you can have both, that you can know, I trust my body with fearlessness, with a hundred percent spirit and authority. And we can have this um, scientific evidence and bring it into the academic field. And I can open myself up to knowing that there's other things that are valuable and valid and they just add to my um, inner knowing without derailing it or whatever. And we love that about you, that gate of extremes within you. It's amazing. And I just love how everyone who comes into contact with you, Casey, ends up creating these amazing, unreal, magical, symbiotic relationships where everyone supports each other and uplifts each other. And when you stick to what you need, what you want, what's in your path, if you own that shamelessly with full love, that actually is going to serve other people. And you are going to find, like, we're so taught that you can't really have what you truly want because it's not going to work for other people. But that is not true. Like when you own what is right for you, what your message is, you attract the people that have a message that is in alignment with you and you symbiotically help and lift each other. And when I rise, you rise and vice versa. And in, in that way, there is no competition. It's just this like beautiful thing where we each become these facets of this one crystal that transcends. I mean, it's just, it's so cool. And and your TED Talks, really something that I see about you too. I mean, it's amazing that you're so into like the science of it and you are opening yourself up to having that scientific evidence support your work, because I do think that's really powerful. But your TED Talks, the way that you storytell, the way that you illustrate a concept that is so profound and hard to put into words is unreal. So like in human design, we have this whole idea that we exactly what you said, like to quote you in your TED Talks, we should stop saying yes to what we think we should do and start saying yes to what we are meant to do. That idea is echoed over and over in human design, but it's very hard to actually get someone to understand that and embody it and be that truth. And your TED Talks, for me, that's what I got out of it, is is you illustrated it with such a beauty and like it's almost like music or poetry, that feeling of like when a story sweeps you off your feet and it carries you somewhere beyond like words you know, and it's because of you and you living authentically. And I'm so excited for 
you being a projector and like for all of the other people that are guides that are other projectors perhaps that can find you and work with you online and allow your wisdom to help empower them like truly empower them so that they can live in alignment and they can follow their body and they can do their life's work and live out their cross of incarnation and their life purpose and like it's just it's such a beautiful thing and you can see like when you open yourself up to sharing your gift with other people like you do with you coaching other leaders it's just it it raises the vibration of the planet so much and i'm so grateful for that work that you're doing thank you so much mm-hmm. so for all of our listeners that are in love with you now because who isn't um how can they stay in contact with you how can they connect with you Oh, I want to be all of their friends. Um, <laughs> the best way is actually probably through Instagram. So at worthy and well, and also at Casey.Berglund. So I'm sure those will be in the show notes. Um, Casey.Berglund is where I'm messaging more towards the professionals and then worthy and well is more towards the public. So those are two great ways. And I mean, I would love for anyone listening to share what popped for you when you watch the TED talk too, um, because Mm -hmm. I'm just always so curious about how the message lands. And, you know, as a projector who is learning to wait for an invitation, Mm -hmm. which is very hard for me, um, just feedback is so (laughs) valuable and useful and being invited into ways, more ways to share my loving life purpose and body-based work purpose Mm -hmm. um it's just so useful when when we get to engage in conversation and so Mm -hmm. i'd love to hear your story and and know how you are and who you are and and hear what lands for you even from this podcast episode as well so instagram Mm -hmm. um on the ted talk i mean and from their websites were the and caseyberglin.com they're not really updated, but they will be soon. So <laughs> I would say there's more, more accurate information on the social medias these days. Yeah. And, and what, and so in 2020, um, what offerings do you have going on that you're excited for people to be able to connect with you through? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So like I said, in the beginning, um, the first let your body lead professional certification training mm. those uh, professionals to use this method to create better results for their clients and build an, a body-based practice. And then, I mean, I feel like this might be ambitious to do both in the same year, but I'm really wanting to start growing those more accessible self-paced online courses that are really based on the let your body lead method and empowering you to tap into your own body's wisdom to make purposeful decisions. Hmm. Oh, also, also your retreat in India. How did I even forget that? <laughs> Cause well, we want to go. Exactly. So, um, I am alongside my beautiful projector co-host, the first projector I ever met, um, Jeannie Gianti. She's from Ireland. So we're taking a group from Europe and from North America to India in November 2020 um, to really experience the extremes in some ways, (laughs) like a a Mm -hmm. higher end Indian wellness spa, as well as the ashram life. So very traditional yogic teachings so we're being your guide not just travel guide but um intuitive guide i suppose and taking a group of people there in november we um 
have only five spots left. It's been very well received and people have said yes early. So hopefully there'll still be spots by the time this airs. So definitely Mm. reach out to me if you want to join us on that wonderful adventure. Amazing. Yeah. So if you guys are interested in any of that stuff, you can reach out to Casey on her Instagram at worthy and well. And Casey, I just wanted to ask you kind of to end this whole conversation and, and connect with our listeners in this new year coming into this new decade, 2020, what is kind of the essence that you hope to put into the world and you wish to see in pe- in people in this next decade? Mm. So it feels like there were two parts to that. One thing that is very much on my heart is owning that I am a guide Mm. and I've invested over a hundred thousand dollars in wisdom, like other people's wisdom. And, and I value that so much. And that's like my one, three profile, like learning, filtering (laughs) it through my own body, filtering it through my own system. And I'm at a place right now where it's like, you know what, 2020 is about not investing in other people's wisdom at all and owning the wisdom that's here. And that is here to kind of support the growth of others. So that's a very personal one for me. In alignment with that, um, I've always been one to set um, goals, external goals, like money goals, revenue goals. And I, I love empowerment around money. And I think all of us who are doing this type of work should be financially abundant. So it's very typical for me to do that. But 2020 is really guiding me into my own heart and guiding me into literally following the expansion and trusting that whatever is needed to support this purpose-driven work will. And so far, that's worked out very well in terms of, um, you know, all the things that we are after, like the the revenue and the, the impact as a service-based leader. And, and, and I guess in terms of other people that I, that I serve, my hope is just that more and more people start to trust the wisdom of their own bodies and that they learn how potent that can be for decision-making, small decisions, big decisions, living in alignment, living out their life's purpose. So um, everything together is really being integrated to serve that overall broadening of this let your body lead message. Mm, Beautiful. Well, Casey, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing your heart and your wisdom with us and with all of our listeners. We love you and we're so grateful for you existing and doing your thing in the world. And um, to all of our listeners out there, uh, go ahead and give Casey a follow at Worthy and Well. You know how to find us on our Instagram at Dayluna and on our website, daylunalife.com. And thank you so much, listeners, for being here today and sharing in this conversation with us. It's such an amazing kind of empowering way to bring this medicine into the next year for you guys and into the next decade. And Casey, thank you so much again for being here with us today. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for having me.